This is To The Point. A Rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, what is up to The Point listeners? It is your boy, Chris, and I am back. Back in the studio. Hallelujah. I have been last eight, eight and a half weeks in 23 different locations, 16 keynotes. I don't know how many breakouts I did, 10 podcasts on the road. It's exhausting. It was fun, but exhausting. So to everybody that I got to meet and see at all the different events, whether it was ACA, Linux, PHCC, wherever the heck I've been in the last three months, it was good to see everyone. It was, it was so cool to do a lot of podcasts live in the expo halls of some of these things and do uh, be a part of some of the Q and a panels and um, man, it was just, it's a blast to be on the road, but my gosh, it is exhausting being gone that long from my family. Um, and I do want to give a, a, just a quick shout out to, to uh, Luis Cody, who, um, who sent me a message from Cody and sons down in Texas for reaching out to me. I think she's listened to every single podcast and always sends me like the great messages. So just a quick shout out to her, but somebody I didn't get on the podcast when I was on the road because I didn't run into him was the guy that's on the other end of the microphone right now, and that's Mr. Kevin Comerford, who is the CEO of Service Champions Northern California. Kevin, welcome, man. I'm glad we finally got you on here. Uh, Chris, it's great to be here. I'm excited to be here and in, 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 uh, on your podcast. It's been a long time coming, and I sure really has. am fired up to, to uh, just share the good news. Yeah, man, me too. It's so, and I, like I told you, you know, when we were having a conversation the other day that I've heard your name so much over the years and, and it's always been like the, like great things and, you know, respectful things. And it's like, I gotta, I gotta meet this. And even when we were having a meeting a few years ago, I was gone. So I had to send in one of my regional managers to come in and meet with your team. And so I didn't even get to connect with you then. So it was like, Finally, this thing has come full circle and, it, and I'm glad to have you on here. And, and man, now I get to add to your title and you're not just a, a CEO, you're now an author. Yes. You yes. wrote, you yes. wrote a book. Was that always on your agenda to write a book? Well, it's funny, Chris, when I first started service champions and I know we'll get back, we'll get into the history yeah. a little bit back in 2003, I, I got together with my original group of team members and we were actually putting together and constructing our first set of core values. And the question I asked the team back then in 2003, and it was March 2003, as I said, hey, when they write the book about service champions, what do we want to be remembered for? What are the things that we want to be part of our legacy? And from that question, Chris, we created the initial core values that still today lead our organization and it just so happens that I ended up writing the book. I'm the guy that ended up writing the book that tells the story and tells the legacy of service champions and, and what really has been our path to success. And it's an awesome story. So I'm excited for our listeners to, to hear and learn. And I promise you, like, I mean, this is um, this particular episode, you'll be able to pull a lot of really great nuggets from and just having went through the different chapters uh, that Kevin shared with me and like in the book and and I know that your team sent me the transcript ahead of time. So thanks, thanks for that. That was certainly helpful. Um, but man, I'm excited to share all of it and everything that you kind of, you went through, but how cool from it go, how, from it to go from March of 2003 as a, as a theory, you know, like the theoretical, what's going to be the book to it's actually 
what, 19, 19 years later, it's an actual book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's great. Uh, it, it, it really is. And, and the book is written, Chris, as a parable. So it's really about a, a, a young gal by the name of Emily who gets a job in a make-believe air conditioning company and learns right out of the gate some important lessons from the CEO that she meets and then learns some really neat lessons from the different team members at Champion Air Conditioning uh, and how the core values work and, and actually how they show up on a day-to-day basis. And, and, and then the, the back, the last chapter or the second to last chapter of the book is really the real story, which spells out really what happened in the service champions uh, journey, not just champion air conditioning, which again, champion air conditioning is the make believe company. Right. Got it. Well, so, and you know, I want to do a couple of things because um, clearly I want to dig into all those things and kind of walk through it, but this is all coming from a really solid career to in this business, but and, and I want our listeners to understand, like, wh- you know, who don't know who, who Kevin is, um, you might have heard that name, but don't get it mixed up, right? Because we have had Leland, you know, and Frank on here from Service Champions down in Southern California, but this is not the same. So I remember when I first learned that, I was like, wait a second, I'm confused. Somebody yes. help me understand what's going on. So I think this is probably a really good segue into um, how you got in the trades, and, uh, and maybe bring that all the way up, you know, to, to date and I might poke and prod and ask questions along the, along the way, but let's go ahead and start with that. So, um, yes. I know, I know your folks were in it. So, but like, take me through the process. Like how did, how did you get into trades? Because you went to Cal Poly, but it wasn't like you were going to, uh, in for like the trade stuff, like you were in a journalism space. So like, how did this all shake out? Yeah, it, it, it's an, it's an interesting story. Uh, Chris, I, I grew up, I'll just share, I grew up on a street called Chicken Alley. Uh, it, and, and some would say that I grew up on a farm, but it was more like a petting zoo. We had chickens, goats, ducks, geese, cows, or a cow, horses. Um, and, I, you know, I, I, my mother uh, grew up in Canada and she's Ukrainian descent. So she was a hard worker. She's the one I learned all my hard work from getting up early every single morning. Uh, and I, I grew up in a, a, a really a blue collar family. Uh, my father's best friend owned a flooring company. My godparents were plumbers, owned a plumbing company. My mom's best friend, they were in the wall uh, wallpaper business. So I, I only knew blue collar growing up. Um, and so my parents, again, they started a heating and air conditioning business in 1972 called Comerford's heating and air conditioning. And I wanted nothing to do with it. I was, I was going along this path of being in professional sports. Al Michaels was my idol. I saw that. Yeah. The famous Al Michaels. And so (laughs) I wanted to go to Cal Poly. Well, I didn't want to go to Cal Poly. I was, I never got really great grades in high school. Me either. I'll never forget it. My, my buddy, my, and my dad only went to 10th grade. So nobody in my family had ever gone to college before. So I, I, was the first person in my family to ever go to college. Um, and the only reason I ever, I went to Cal Poly was because my buddy Greg Russell came over one day and said, hey, man, my, my sister goes to Cal Poly. She's in the nutrition department and there's no guys. We ought to apply. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Uh, and so again, I didn't get great grades in, in high school. And That's so fantastic. I applied in the nutrition department at Cal Poly, got accepted. And I believe this to this day, Chris, because I was the token male along with my buddy, Greg. <laughs> and so I got accepted into Cal Poly and that really began my journey of getting into Cal Poly. I decided to change my major into journalism because I wanted to be in professional sports. Uh, I actually thought, you know, as, as I was in, at Cal Poly, I kind of changed my focus and thought, you know, maybe I want to do be a sports agent. So I had thoughts of uh, becoming a sports agent uh, and going to law school. I then got a job with the then Los Angeles Raiders for a couple of seasons. So I did work in professional sports while I was going to school. I lived with them at, at their training camp at Oxnard. Wait, uh, wait, so when seasons. was this? When was this? Like what roughly? This year? was 8990, uh 9091 and 9192 season. Oh my season. gosh. So Bo Jackson, um, Bo Jackson, Marcus Allen, Marcus Allen, Allen, Allen Howie Long were oh. all there. This was when uh um and I was working as a coach's assistant. I got exposed to professional sports. Um, and, and, you know, it was, I really saw that, you know, professional sports was my passion, but what I realized, Chris, is I really want to do something different than be in professional sports because sports was my passion. And I was beginning to lose a little bit of that passion for professional sports because I was in it. Oh, God. So I, I graduated from Cal Poly, came to work in my parents' business. And I saw that business is business, no matter whether you're selling tickets to a Raider game, selling toilet paper, selling air conditioning and heating, all the same principles apply. And so what I what I did, Chris, is I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to give my parents air conditioning business a shot. I went to a convention, just so happens I met Leland Smith at the convention that I went to with my parents, because they were good friends. Uh -huh. Yeah, this is going back. So what, what year is this then? Uh, this is 1994. Got it. I was a freshman in high school. Yes. How does yes. that make you feel, Kevin? Nine, oh, boy. <laughs> it, it, uh, so 1994 is when I first met Leland Smith. Um, I, I took over my parents' business two years later. Uh, when I say I took it over, I got named the general manager. My parents actually took their company public. They were one of the founders of Service, oh, Service Experts. Experts. Got it. Okay. So they were the founders of Service Experts. I ended up staying with Service Experts after they took it public for six years and then decided um, in 2003 that I was ready to start my own business. And I, and I was set to start my own business, went and got the name of my business called On Time Air Conditioning. Uh, and I was ready to start my own business with um, Ray Diaz and Cookie Silva. These were founding team members that are still working with me today. That's cool. And they were part of that meeting that you had? like the. It was I, like they the, were. They yeah. were part of that initial meeting. Got it. So, and so yeah. So, so I was 2003. 2003, I was ready to go to business as on-time air conditioning. I went down to visit Leland right before I was ready to start. And it was over a glass of one, maybe two glasses of wine that we thought, you know what? What if, what if I named my company, Leland, Service Champions up in Northern California? This is after we had already decided we were going to be on time air conditioning. Ray was back home getting trucks 
yellow trucks that would say <laughs> on time air conditioning. <laughs> and I, and we, we were, I was talking about Lena, what happened? could we buy equipment together? If we had the same name, could we buy insurance together? Could we gain some economies of scale? And then who knows one day, you know, there, we, we could uh, bring these things together. So we decided, I decided two weeks before we started the business that I was going to go to business as service champions of Northern California. So I'm still on time air conditioning and heating, DBA service champions, where Leland is service champions, Inc. down in Southern California. Got it. I didn't, I, first off, I didn't know that part of it. Um, it's, it's funny to me that you say one, two glasses of wine with Leland and next thing you know, your service champions, Northern California. Um, but I can see it. I've been able to have some time with Leland, except for it was like, I think, uh, McAllen 25, something like that, (laughs) (laughs) which I still have some left over from, uh, from that. But I can, uh, I can appreciate like those, like first off, incredibly intelligent human being, Leland Smith. Yeah. And so it's interesting to me though, that you, that, that he would be like, okay with that, you know, like to say, yeah, fine. That like, so yeah, sure. Go ahead and use the name and be in Northern California, but because I mean, it is far enough, far enough apart. That yeah, it's clear differentiation. Yeah, and there. we and we did all the responsible things and did a license agreement, and we still have the license agreement today. And you know, Leland is an incredible guy. He honors the license agreement, and it's it it, it it's just it, it works. Yeah. I mean, we were talking this weekend, had a conversation this weekend. Um, he and I are very close. He actually helped my assistant. Aaron with some work that, that, that he, that she needed down at her, uh, her daughter's house in LA. And so we just, we just have a, a, an incredible relationship that continues today. So you had to redo your trucks. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I had to put a stop on the trucks that Ray had ordered. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh boy. What a way to start. Yes. It was, it was quite a story. It was quite a, it, an incredible journey. And, and so we started service champions in 2003 and we exploded out of the gate and grew to 15 million within the first four years. Um, and, and really it was, it was driven so much by the, the set of the core values that we had established. Um, and, and, you know, today, Chris, we're, we're pushing a hundred million this year. Dang. We're going to, we're going to, we're coming, <laughs> our, our, we're projecting 96. However, we're only one quarter of the way through. And it looks like we're going to hit darn near a hundred million in revenue this year in, in 2022. Kevin, congratulations. That's, that's fantastic. I mean, and I know, and I don't know if it's something you're going to share, but you kind of at least gave me the heads up on, on the bio too, what the bottom line looks like too. And then we're talking a healthy bottom line. So just a good business. Um, what's interesting to me is you had the wherewithal to have this big vision of even saying down the road, we'll merge together all the way back in the, that early period. Like it blows my mind that you're having that conversation in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, we did. It was amazing. What we said exactly was there could come a time when a company wants to come in and take over Northern California and take over Southern California. And it's just funny how it all worked out where, that did happen yeah. with all the private equity firms. Right. Uh, it just so happened that Leland joined a private equity firm that w- took over Southern California. And I joined a private equity, different private equity firm. And we're looking to 
doing do incredible things up in Northern California. And, and I know that, that uh, again, Leland and I still connect with each other. I know a lot of people may think we fight. No, not at all. There's nothing between us. <laughs> it's great. Well, first off, the story is fantastic. I mean, and, and even that kind of growth. And I mean, I, what's interesting about all this too, is that this was not your intended, like this was not your intended path. I mean, this, and I mean, you thought you're going to be a sports guy. Here you are running a ridiculously amazing um, company, reputable company that's super healthy. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and you've probably been able to make a lot of changes in, um, in you know, positive impacts in your employees' lives. I mean, some of their, their family members and just given the you know, great career path thing, but also I know client fulfillment is so incredibly important to you, like excellence of service and things like that, which I know is another big thing for, for Leland too, is making sure that client fulfillment is like solid. It is. It um, is. So, it is. And, and, I, and Chris, you said something that just triggered a thought in my mind. If, um, if you allow me, I, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things like I, I am not a passionate air conditioning and heating guy. I never have been. Um, and, and, and I, I love the business, but the, the part of the business that I love Chris is the people development part. So when, when, in our, in our whole, our whole core uh, purpose and drive is to develop people both personally and professionally. And when we're doing that and when we're focused on that and we've, you know, it, it's, it's, it's manifested Chris into a university that we call champions university. It's manifested itself and it's really the driver behind our company, uh, which is really the, 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 the fact that if we're developing people both personally and professionally, and that's the field team and managers, we're going to be okay. Things are going to take care of themselves. And we just trusted that. And it, it has, it has paid off in spades since the day that we started, Chris. Well, I love that you kind of have this, you know, culture that's, you know, really caring, really good. I mean, and obviously it attracts, I mean, we have a good reputation, you know, in the industry, not only not for just like, customers, but also for being a great place to work. It certainly makes building the business much easier because you're a more desirable place to come and work too, but you do what you say you're going to do and you genuinely care about human beings. So it's not just some facade you put on. You mm-hmm. genuinely care about the personal and professional growth. I didn't know that, um, that you had that your university, we kind of followed suit at Rhino and created Rhino university for like similar reasons. It was a lot, a lot of cross education too, but the same thing is trying to incubate our own employees that maybe have, mm-hmm. you know, not, been tainted by others, you know, like they've got bad habits. So like, but we've done, we kind of use it in multiple ways and it's kind of fun to see how it's, how it's growing and scaling, you know, to, to try and do the same thing. Like I care as much about employee satisfaction as I do client fulfillment. Um, those yeah, both, yeah. the one doesn't work without the other. That's so, so, true. so I want to get into this. So first off, congratulations, man. A hundred million is ridiculous. Um, that puts you in that really small percentage of people who are able to accomplish those things. So, uh, so I commend you and, and, um, you know, and you've got a, uh, you know, a beautiful family too. your wife, I think Carolyn, and you got your two boys and your daughter, right? So you've kind of got this family too. that. I mean, how proud they've got to be of, of what you've been able to build and, and watch, you know, kind of watch dad do his thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, I'll tell you, Chris, the, the passion that I have for team members is the same passion that I have in my family, which is I love 
I love to develop my kids, whether it was working with my daughter and, and I can think back to when we were stretching. I was working on stretching because she was a big dancer and helping her develop and helping her become more flexible or working with my boys in the batting cage or taking them down to the park just and constantly throwing them batting practice or, you know, hitting them pop flies so they would develop better. Um, and, and again, my daughter made the dance team at Cal Poly. My son just got a scholarship to play baseball at St. Mary's. Awesome. My youngest son, Landon, who's a freshman, uh, just made or made the JV team this year as a freshman. So just watching all this come to fruition. Uh, it, and it's really just a manifestation of my passion, which is to, to develop people and develop. And it started with my children. It it folds over into my business. Yeah. Well, they had a, I mean, it, it, it's obvious. I mean, they had a, they had a really good, you know, influencer there like in, in the house, but you know, there was also discipline that comes along with that too. I mean, um, you know, that, that those things didn't accidentally happen. There was some good, there was some good leadership there. So I, I, I want to, um, I want to get into the, into the book so we can start, you know, kind of getting through some of the details of it. But as I went um, through it initially, you had some pretty high, high profile people who reviewed the book, you know, like Patrick mm. Quincione, Vern Harnish, like just to name a few of them, like, Tell me about that, man. How are you getting these guys? I saw Leland on there. I mean, I saw some different things that you, so how, like, did you just say, Hey, I'm writing this book, check it out. Yeah. Like, how'd that go down? Tell me about it. Well, uh, as far as Patrick Lencioni, he's, uh, I mean, he, we, we use his, we use his book today, the ideal team player. And that's how we hire staff. Um, people that are humble, hungry, and smart. Um, Patrick and his wife, Laura, they happen to be clients of ours up here in Northern California. That works so out. I've gotten, I've gotten connected with them that way. Uh, and Laura and I have a, have a relationship where we just work, we, we text each other and communicate to each other. And she's actually a secret shopper for me when we come to their, <laughs> come to their house. And so it's just, it's been a great serving relationship. Um, and so when it came time to write the book, I just, uh, asked Patrick if he would look at it and and review it. And obviously I share with him that we use his methods. Uh, I sent him some t-shirts from things that we've made in our company, which are around humble, hungry, smart. Uh, and so that that's how I got connected with Patrick. Uh, Vern and uh, someone else I've got a relationship with because I've been involved with gazelles for years and, and, and gazelles really helped me transform my company when we were stuck. Uh, and because we've been stuck at different stages of the business. And I know the reason we're stuck is because of me. And if I just go back to mastering the Rockefeller habits, it's just amazing what happens. And so I, Vern knows that, I mean, Ver, Vern helped me. And, and then, by the way, this is to, I will, I will tell you that what I got from Vern Harnish and have shared with him when, when, when I asked him to review my book was, Service Champions was an entrepreneurial-led business, me. And what Vern Harnish helped me do is he helped me transform my business from an entrepreneurial-led business to a professionally managed business with an entrepreneurial spirit. And that is the tricky transition, whether you're 2 million, 4 million, 7 million, that is critical to happen is it's got to transform from a entrepreneurial led business that only would survives because the entrepreneur entrepreneur is the driver 
to a professionally managed business that will continue on whether I'm around or not. And that's the transformation that Vern helped me. Got it. So, and, hey, be honest, were you a little nervous sending him to read your book? <laughs> well, yes. Uh, but you know what? He is a, he's a guy that makes you feel really comfortable and did nothing but compliment me about it uh, after he, he read it. So he made it really easy. He Got made it. it really easy. You're right, though. I did think about this. Like, wow, this is the master. Right. Yeah, I'd be like... <laughs> Hey, Michael yeah. Jordan, can you watch me shoot free throws real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. So, so you wrote the book. The book's called Champion Mindset. And, and like we, you kind of talked about in, in 03, how I'm having this theory of when they write the book about service champions, you know, what's it going to say? You did it. You wrote the book. Is I mean, I don't know if that was the why on like why you decided to write this book, but but maybe like why, like, well, one, why did you write it? And what, and like, why now? Was it just, was the timing right? Did it feel right? Like, was this the plan? I mean, I don't even know how long it took you to kind of go through the, the process, but I guess yeah. at its core, why did you decide like, hey, I'm going to write this book? SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Yeah. Well, this is the second book that I've written and the first one I never published. Okay. I wrote 12 chapters of a book and never published it and never loved it. Uh, and, and then when I, uh, I, I found a writer, I was introduced to a, a, a someone by the name of Greg Reed who convinced me that Kevin, you need to take what you've written and, and here's the idea, transform it into a parable. And when, when he talked to me about that, I was able to take the information that I had written it, which I thought was good information, but it was kind of like very textbooky. And then I was able to transform it into this parable, which is again, written in story form of a, of a young woman on a journey and to me, I was able to get the concepts that I had down that I had written in the first book in an easy, easy to digest fashion in the second book. And so the reason and the why behind my book is, Chris, I'm a culture guy. Right. OK, I, I, I'm I believe that culture is the only competitive advantage that a company has in the marketplace. That's good. And to me, the definition of the culture is the actions and the behaviors that a team member does with each other and in front of a client. So if whatever, whatever, whatever influence I can put on my team members through my core values, through the book, so that they behave in a way that sets our culture apart from everything, everybody else in the marketplace, that's what I wanted. I, the book was written for for two, for two reasons uh, and for two different audiences. Number one, it was written for my new and existing team members to get assimilated, assimilated to the culture of our company. And the second reason is I have a passion for small business owners because I'm a small business owner and I'm a, 
I'm a, I'm a co I co-lead and I'm a co-founder of a small business group with a mentor of mine, Joe Cristiano, where we meet with about 40 entrepreneurs every month. And I was passionate that I wanted to give them a guide that would help them. If I could help them in some small way, run their business and help improve their business. That was what champion mindset was written for. And, and I know, cause I know you're a believer in this documented culture is so important. And so the book is the documentation of our culture. And we have another document in our company called our common service language guide, which I got a ton of help from Cookie Silva to help write this about three years ago, which really documents the culture and the things that you hear both externally and internally inside service champions. So you use this thing as a training tool for not only your own staff, but then now it's also can be a training tool for other contractors because it's kind of a, it's, it's something else that they could go and implement. Cause like you had said, you know, at face value, you do the same thing, you know, like in a market, what makes you really stand out? Like, yes, yes, you can be, maybe it's, it's, it costs if you're going to play that game, maybe it's speed to service, like whatever, but like at its core, that culture matters so much and the success yeah. and or failure of a business. That's right. And then the consistency of that culture matters. Mm -hmm. But some people, and why it may be an easy conversation for you and I, might not be for others. So this is a really great like guideline for them to, you know, to maybe implement that in their business and, and, and make a change with it. So I commend you for that. So it's basically for your own staff and for other small businesses. That's right. And based yeah. off of your experience. Yeah, and, and Chris, we I was looking back on some statistics at, at the right in the right in the midst of COVID, we had 178 team members in April of 2020. Well, April of 2022, we now have 350. Good. So we've gone from 178 to 350. And the thought was, how do we how do we make sure that as we're growing as fast as we are, that people have documented culture to make sure that they understand what the values are and what we stand for, because it's no longer just me, Ray, myself, and Cookie standing in front of four to six technicians and two dispatchers saying, here's what we believe in, team. Well, no, here's a book with what, what we believe in. And, and again, we do a culture day, uh, where we get our new team members together and we share about the common service language. And now the book is something else I'm going to be able to share at culture day. So question for you, cause you like, that was a big chunk of people in a small amount of time. Where'd yes. they come from? What'd you do to, to attract those people? Was that organic? Was there any acquisition, like acquisitions that were in there? Like what, what was that? Just out of curiosity, cause that's a big number. So we, we've got an incredible um, recruiting team led by Sarah Ward uh, and she's, she has helped. Uh, and, and I will tell you that the university more than anything else has been the driver of our growth. We did acquire an electrical business called Maine Electric and there's 20 team members that we brought on board there. But besides Maine Electric, all of this has been organic growth. Wow, That's incredible. So it, it has all been organic growth. Um, and, and, the, and the driver has been our university where we bring in people from inside the military, <clears throat> folks that are that are looking for a trade, and we teach them. We put them through an eight-week course 
in order to be able to get them out in the field as service techs. We put them through a four-week course in order to get them to be installers, installation technicians, and really get them started on their journey inside the trades. And the and our, our, our slogan for the university is a high-paying career without a four-year. <laughs> so, and that was actually taken, that whole belief um, that I had that actually was was the slogan was was created by a, a person in my company by the name of David Sturgeon who came up with that slogan and it was we were brainstorming and I was telling him in, in one of our offsite meetings that look I've always wanted the people in my company to make more money than those people that I went to Cal Poly with mm-hmm. and he's like he heard that and he's like all right how about a high paying career without a four year let's build the university around that bingo. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got to tell you, it has just exploded and done incredible things. Well, fantastic. It, it is the driver of our growth, Chris. I, I mean, because it, it's usually the the biggest hurdle that I know that we typically run into. Because, I mean, I know you and I talk and we have a bunch of you know really large customers across the United States. And, and a lot of times it's not so much lead volume as it is staffing bandwidth. Mm-hmm. And so I commend you on that because that is not an easy, easy job to do, but you're doing something right. I didn't mean to derail us, man. I know we're talking about the book too, but just out of curiosity, I was like, that was such a large number. I needed to understand what happened there. So, so I want to get back to the book real quick. So, cause right at the yes. start and you mentioned, you know, an easy to read parable and it certainly is, but right at the beginning of the book, you introduce us to, to Joe, the CEO, and he takes Emily, the new hire on a tour of the company. Now, Emily is blown away by a few things that Joe does. Yeah. Tell us about what that is. Yeah. Well, Joe, <clears throat> Joe, Joe happens to be um, Joe Cristiano, who That's is awful close to Cristiano, just so you know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Cristiano. Joe Cristiano, who, who is the former CEO of Kelly Moore Paints, which, by the way, he'll tell you is the most was the most profitable paint business in the United States. And. Uh, Joe Cristiano was a men- was my mentor. He, he's been the men- a mentor of mine for over 20 years. And, and, uh, and this is real. This is real. I'll give you the real life scenario, but it shows up also in the book. I were first went out to go see Joe at his company called Kelly Moore Paints. And I thought I was going out there to learn how to do mergers and acquisitions and sit in a big mahogany office and conference room. And when I first arrived and saw Joe, the first thing he did is he said, Hey, Kevin, let's, let's go for a walk. And Joe proceeded to take me around and in, in the paint to the manufacturing plant and introduced me to 10 to 15 of the folks in the manufacturing plant. And I watched Joe for the next hour, carry on one-on-one conversations which each with each of these team members knowing details about them, their family. And it hit me, hit me in the side of the head that was like, wow. So this is what it takes to be a CEO. It's the people, Kevin. And it's, it's getting, it's getting with the people. And that's what Joe in the book does with Emily is the first thing he does on her first day is he takes her around and introduces her to a couple of technicians and warehouse people and really shows her that 
it's 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 the interaction. It's being with people that makes us different. Hey, Kevin, real quick, can I interrupt you for just a second? Yes. Um, roughly, when was this? I'm trying to get a gauge of timeline. Um, this was. This was, this was 1995. Got it. Okay. So this is 1995 when I went to go visit Joe and I thought I knew, I, I mean, I was young, snot nosed kid thought I knew coming out of college and it was like, wow. Okay. So it's not about these big, you know, reading financials. Yes. You have to know that merger. No, it's about connecting with your people, Kevin. So this is the foundation of like, it seems to me of your whole, like, you know, big culture mentality kind of stems from that. Is that, yeah. is that where that it, comes it, from? So true. And I think one of the things that we do, Chris, that's very different is we spend a ton of time training our staff about being great listeners, being active listeners, being intentional about listening um, and, and the way I say it is be more interested than interesting. We live in a Facebook world where everybody is a, they want to be, look at me, notice me. And I'm like, okay, great. We just have to be different than that. <laughs> be more interested and be okay. Whether you're in your personal life or in your business life, sitting in the small chair and allowing others to sit in the big chair. And that just means when you're on a call or you're out with friends, you know, I always look at it and pretend there's a spotlight and make sure the spotlight's always focused on the other person rather than being focused on me. Oh, that's good, man. Be and more- I will tell you that is one of the great things about service champions North is we are, we are so focused and so different because we give our technicians fewer calls so they can spend more time, be great listeners, ask great questions versus being rushed through their calls, which I think most air conditioning and heating companies, they're rushing their technicians through their calls. What we found, Chris, is less is more. The fewer calls I give our technicians, the more revenue, the more client satisfaction they generate. Got it. Simple. Keep it simple. So that was, first off, be more interested than interesting is amazing. Um, so that's good. And it's another, just a simple little saying, but it makes so, so much sense. I want to talk about your, um, obviously we're in the weather business. Um, I want to talk about your weather driven like philosophy, except for it's not weather as in like we see a W-A-W-E-A-T-H-E-R. It's W-H-E-T-H-E-R. That's a little different. So, so what, what, what's going on there, man? Like what's your weather driven mentality? Uh, uh, Chris, this is the cornerstone of our business at service champions because we live in, we live in Northern California, right? I could, I could step outside right now and it's 75 degrees and I could step outside in the middle of June and it's maybe 78 degrees, 80 degrees. So our weather, mother nature weather is very mild. So what we've had to do is we've had to, Um, focus on being what I call weather-driven, W-H-E-T-H-E-R. And weather-driven is your success at Service Champions is contingent upon whether you come to work with the right mindset and whether you follow the Service Champions process, what we call weather run the play. So 
your success will be determined by whether you, again, come to work with the right mindset and whether you run the play. So what it is, is focusing on things we can control, Chris. None of us have control over the weather, right? And I'm talking the mother nature weather. Right. We don't have control over that. So let's focus on the things we do have control on. My attitude and did I follow the process? And we've got a very specific process we want our technicians to follow, our salespeople to follow when they're in the home that we know creates success. Well, yeah, when this kind of plays right into you talk um, also about abundancy mindset versus scarcity mindset. Yes. And, and I'm first off, I'm a <laughs> big believer in mindset and attitude. Um, yeah. Big believer in that kind of directs, you know, you are what you think you are type of mentality. But you talk about that abundance mindset and scarcity mindset. Like, let's dig in. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And, and I and I dig in and I talk about an example. Again, we're in we're in Northern California and having a, an abundancy mindset uh, versus a scarcity mindset. It, it just shows up and how it shows up in, in in the air conditioning business is if 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 you were to drive down 680, which is the main freeway through our marketplace in the Bay Area. There's a set of mountains that surround, that that, that kind of run along the freeway. Well, in the middle of June, there can be fog that can roll in and just sit on top of those hills. And what happens is that that can change the weather in the middle of June, mother nature, and make it 75 degrees. And it's like a, it's like ice sitting there cooling down what would otherwise be a very hot June day. And Again, it, you can look at that situation and let the weather control you and be like, oh, nobody's going to be wanting to do business today. And gosh, you, you can be controlled by the weather and really ha- and, and go into a negative scarcity mindset driven by fear. Or you can have the mindset of, OK, great. You know, I love it. I love the sea that because now I'm not I'm not going to be going into really unhappy clients. I'm going to be going into clients that are going to be pleasant and I'm going to be able to share with them that they need to take action now prior to when the hot weather comes, because it is going to come again. It's going to be right around the corner when this ice patch, (laughs) ice patch, this fog patch leaves the hillside. So it's, it's all about how the story I tell myself in, in managing that story, I tell myself in my mind when I'm faced with things that I have no control over. Yeah. I want to add to that real quick, because like when you start, when you kind of were saying that and I'm visualizing it, my brain immediately went to, I'm going to let all my competitors think that way. I'm going to think the opposite way. And that's going to make me, that's going to make me better. I'm going to be the one who actually wins the day because I have this positive mindset of silver lining. Like I've, I'm, because if I'm going to sit here and think about, Oh, it's you know, like the, you know, nobody's going to want to do business today. I'm my brain really goes to, well, I'm not the only one thinking that. So are all these other people that are trying to do the same thing. I'm going to let them handle that. And I'm going to think about what I can do with this. That's so, right. Fun That's fact, right. fun fact to this point. I remember flying in. So I don't know if you knew this or about me or not, but I used to race uh, IndyCar, open wheel IndyCar. So the very first time I ever jumped into an open wheel car was up in Sonoma, Infineon on Raceway, whatever you want to call it. By the way, worst place to to get cut your teeth in an open wheel car is at that speedway because of the hairpin turn at coming into oh, yeah. a, that 160 mile an hour breaking to like 80. Um, but I remember when we flew in, you couldn't even see the track when I got there. 
So I'm like, um, how's this going to work? Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I got there, but they were setting everything up. So they clearly knew something I didn't know, like that, that it was going to lift. But it is interesting to see how, when you fly in there, like that, it's so foggy. You're like, I don't even like, I was kind of in that negative mindset of like, what are we going to do? And they were yes. just setting everything up. So it worked out because I could see just fine. But anyhow, That's great. That's that was my awesome. point. I'm going to jump back into this because I'm going to get kind of keep pushing through the book. Mm -hmm. So in chapters, we've talked a lot about your core values. So in chapters three through eight, um, you go into each of those core values that make up the company. Share with us the importance of those core values. Um, and and even like it, the like, how did you come up with those set of core values? Was there something that you like, you know, you knew you wanted to be? Was it something that was already kind of instilled in you? Like what, what, like, how'd you come up with those core values? Yeah. So that, 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 that's great. And, and in the book chapters three through eight, talk about each of the six different core values. And, and again, those are, those are the foundational principles of our company. What, um, what are they, because, Kevin? What are those? What are they? So the first one, the first one is um, give remarkable service, okay. drive top performance, honor your commitments, be a lifelong student, have fun and enjoy the have fun and, and, and enjoy the moment and be kind and encouraging. That's good. So those are, those are the six core values. And you'll notice right off the bat, Chris, each of those all start with an action verb, an action word or a verb, you know, honor your honor, drive. Be, drive. Yep. So core values are designed to be actions and designed to be behaviors. And they're also designed um, it, it designed to, to demonstrate how we act and how we are today. They're not, they're not supposed to be aspirational goal, aspirational goals of what we're looking to achieve. It's like, no, what are we today? And let's write down. And so when I, we got together with our original team members, it was okay. We've been operating for a couple of weeks. We know, we know what we want to be. And so let's write down, what is it that we are? What's our, what is our company? Um, and so the, the, the core values are, 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 as I said, they're foundational, but I believe Chris, there's two things a business needs to be successful is they need to be, they, they need to have consistency and they need to have innovation. Those are the two key things you have to have both. And the consistency are the core values. No matter how much we grow, you have to come back and utilize the core values with your team to make sure everybody is consistent with the way that we behave, the way we operate. And then the other thing you need, Chris, is you need to innovate. You need to take the existing processes that we have and make them better. You need to look at new products. You need to maybe get into the electrical business or, and it's not about getting into the electric, electrical business necessarily. It may be just improving a process in the HVAC business that you're already in improving the products that you're offering. So I, I got a, uh, you said consistency, which I think is, you didn't say perfection. You said consistency. Yeah. Um, big deal. Um, I got the luxury of interviewing Mike Tyson and that's probably one of the, my favorite things that he'd said from, um, our Rhino X, um, service summit that we put on here in, in Phoenix. He, but he'd said consistency kicks determination's ass. Mm. that's pretty good right he said it and i got yes. goosebumps i was like that's that's pretty good it was deep and everybody started cheering and clapping and i'm sorry everybody felt the same way but that consistency matters again not perfection like you want to try and get there but that's not like consistency matters 
Yeah. Um, I love that you use it, you know, like you use the drive and things like that. Like, so in chapter four, cause you had had drive, um, that, that value was drive top performance. Um, and, and we talk, you talk about, um, you know, mediocrity. Like I have a, <clears throat> excuse me, I have a, a, a saying up on the wall here in the office is that you weren't created to be mediocre. Um, and I completely agree with you. Um, but to you, like clearly that's important. What's the importance behind that for you? Like, why was like, what, why the drive top performance and talk about the mediocrity? Like yeah. what do you, what yeah. kind of behavior are you trying to control there? <clears throat> so one of the things that, that, that the first thing that when, when we're at, when I'm having a culture day with our team, it is around this concept called meritocracy. So it's, it's service champions were a meritocracy. Okay. Got it. And what, what that means is, your compensation is in direct proportion to your contribution. So this is not a, uh, it doesn't matter how long you've worked here at Service Champions or if you've got tenure, we're a meritocracy guys, we're a meritocracy, which means again, if you wanna make more money at our company, figure out how you can contribute more. Because I guarantee you, if you're coming to your boss wanting to ask for a raise, I, I, I can assure you the managers at Service Champions are taught that, okay, great. What are you going to do to contribute more? It, because our compensation plans are set up in a way as well that we reward people for performance. And that's, to me, what a meritocracy means. Yeah, I'm fun. That, I think that's great. And by the way, that makes far more sense than mediocrity. Yeah. <laughs> meritocracy. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. That's a that's a big part of the book where we talk about that, but also it's a big part of uh, when I'm talking in front of our people at Culture Day. I'm a big believer in, in these performance models of you know to try and increase behavior, but because I also think it if it also pushes the human being um, to become better, you know, um, as well. Like so, because sometimes we all need that. Like you talked about, you hit a ceiling and you realize the company growth wasn't going to go anyplace until you started becoming better and learning more things like that. So mm -hmm. you kind of practice what you, what you preach. Yes. Um, so, yes. uh, I didn't mean to cut you off too. I don't care if you're going to say something else or not, but, um, see, that's where my ADHD always kicks in. That's all good, brother. <laughs> so in, in, I'm going to move on into chapter six. If you're, if you're cool with that, I just want to mention something from, from that. And it talks about your people development, um, that you're a people development company and, and not really, I mean, <clears throat> Yes, you do heating and air conditioning and, well, and electric, but that's, you're in that people development company, not the heating and air conditioning company. Like explain what you mean there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, and that, that ties into our core value uh, number four, which is be a lifelong student. And we, we teach our people if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And so, yes, we're going to give you a ton of education, a ton of training at service champions at the same token you, you have to be responsible for the training and the education yourself as well. And so they need to go out and, and become better. And they, they've got to constantly work on their craft and, and rather and take responsibility for looking to improve themselves. Because I'm a believer that the harder you are on yourself, Chris, the easier life is. And the easier you are on yourself, the harder life is. That's good. So making those decisions to 
and again, I'm going to, I'll share this in a minute about, about, you know, utilizing a journal to documenting, to document your thoughts, uh, reading a ton of books, listening to podcasts, listening to um, good, positive, healthy things. That's your responsibility. We can only go so far. We're going to set up an environment for success and put you through a training class. At the same token, the core value is designed. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. I need to take responsibility. And, and we preach that. It's, so it's, yes, we have a responsibility to create the environment. At the same token, Chris, it takes two to tango. You've got to do your part. And so we challenge our people that, yes, we'll help develop you. You've got to be in all in on it as well. I'm stealing that from you, by the way. <laughs> if Love it's it. meant to be, it's up to me. Yeah. Is that you? Did you come up with it? Did you read that somewhere? Or is that a Kevin Comerford quote? You know, that's something, uh, gosh, I've, I've had that. I, uh, you know, Ray Diaz has said it for years in our company and has shared that. So I don't, I don't think that's a Kevin Comerfordism. Well, I'm going to use it as that anyway. <laughs> Most of the stuff that I have anyway, Chris, is stuff that I've learned from people. I, I, one thing about Kevin Comerford is I'm not an inventor. I'm an implementer. Any, I, I am, I, I find things that work successful in other companies, other parts of the country, and I look to bring them back and implement them. And just, I just need to go and do research and make sure that they're successful because I've also made mistakes in chasing after something when somebody told me it was successful and you to find out that, oh, they're not even doing it anymore. <laughs> so it's like, wait, you know, do your investigation, Kevin, make sure it's successful. And that's why I'm, such a student of success and finding great companies that are operating well and just saying, okay, I, I just need to surrender. I need to set my ego aside and I just need to surrender to their teachings. Yeah, that's really important. Um, and I think there's, that's a lot of being self-aware. Um, and then, and then you, I talk about the being vulnerable. I think vulnerability is an absolute strength um, mm -hmm. because sometimes you have to, I mean, I don't always want to be the smartest guy in the room and rarely am I in the smartest guy in the room um, because I'm still trying to constantly learn. The thing that this podcast has, has done for me, Kev, is like over the years, like the last few years, is this is educa ongoing education for me on a weekly basis. So mm. I'm learning so many things I'm able to kind of take back and implement, but I'm always interested in learning because I guarantee you there's something I'm not and you're not doing. And anybody listening right now, what Kevin's already said, I guarantee you you're not Somebody in here is not somebody on this on this podcast listening is not doing those things. Yes. And, and and you're saying these are the successful things. I've heard these some of these things before too that like you know can reiterate that they are successful. So it's not like an accident. But we're always kind of a good, like you said, be a lifelong student. Um, that's the game that I'm in right now because I actually enjoy it. I'm learning. You know, and now I'm in and I am an analytical nerd, so I do love to track numbers and data, and that's the world that I live in. So I do love those things. And it's kind of like, even though I'm a big visionary, you know, I always kind of set this big vision and I work backwards from that vision so I could put checkpoints in place. And so yeah. to that point, like what you did, what you talk about towards the end of the book in um, chapter seven is you talk about the concept, you know, called measure backwards. Now, what is that and how does that apply to what we do? Everybody listening that's in the trades. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that, that's, that's a have fun, have fun and enjoy the moment. 
is is what that core value is and and the importance of making sure that you measure backwards and how that shows up is I'm a, I'm a, I'm a driver Chris I'm a type A person and so no matter how much success that I have in a given day or what I accomplish um, I I always have to protect Kevin against Kevin because Kevin can still feel inadequate, even if he's accomplished a whole bunch of stuff. You're your own worst critic. Yes. And so what I do, and, and by the way, I, I did this last night. I did this last night. I took my son. I drove my son to his, his hitting lesson last night. And I brought my journal with me. And I was feeling like, gosh, a little bit down about how the day went. And I was beating myself up. And what I did is I took the time. To then write down what were what were my accomplishments, what were my wins from the day, and before I knew it, Chris, I had nine wins written down of where I had either connected with people, I had had, had, had a great meeting with my team, and it was like it completely changed my thinking, and I and I had stinking thinking going on, <laughs> and I needed a checkup from the neck up, and amazing. That that and to me, I think that's one one of the things that Mike Tyson was talking about is being consistent. One of the things, Chris, I can tell you that I do every single morning is I when I first wake up is I write down what were my wins from the previous day. It just so happens last night I couldn't wait. <laughs> I just did it last <laughs> night, and there was I was just I was having one of those feelings like, gosh, Kevin, what did what what did you get accomplished? Typically, I'm doing that same exercise every single morning where I'm writing down my wins. And that's what measure backwards means. It's, it means make sure you're looking backwards to what you accomplished and where you were versus always measuring yourself forward. Because and always writing to do lists and act, to do lists are great, but stop and, and look back and say, OK, what did I accomplish? Because when I write those accomplishment lists and measure backwards and write my wins, it completely changes my mindset. And I'm now in a mindset of creativity. I'm feeling good about myself. And then I can set my goals and what I want to accomplish today after I go through that exercise. Yeah, that's good. I got to ask then was since you're going back and writing the good things, I mean, did I make that list? Yeah. Yes, you did. Yes, you did, you did make champion. that list. Yes, I am a champion. See what I did there, but I worked. I worked out well. No, that's great because I, I agree with the same thing too. And I, and I do um, still use a list of things that you know that I know I want to accomplish that day. And I do scratch them off, which I know is kind of old school, but man, it sure feels good to scratch those things off because those are the wins from the day. And and I also have learned to just get comfortable with the fact that I'm never going to get everything done that I want to get done in a single day. Like it's just not. The majority of the time, I'm I'm it's not I'm ever not busy. So if I can't get to everything, it's okay because I got to okay. you know kind of retrain my brain to go back and look at those things. So that that's really great. So I get why you mean by measure backwards there. Yeah, Super and there's important. times Chris where I've learned that you just have to let fires burn. You have to let some fires burn. You you can only put out so many fires and accomplish so many things. And you just, there are times where I just have to let fires burn and know that I'm going to get to it. And as long as it's not a fire that is at burning out of control, right. I just need to let it burn. 
Because like you said, there's always more to accomplish. There's always something else to get done. Yeah, that's great for our listeners to hear that um, because firefighting does become a part of the job at some point in time. Like it is somewhat inevitable at scale. Like mm-hmm. you, you're going to deal with it. How you deal with a different story, different podcast, but those are things that certainly um, happen. And you're right. Like you only have so much attention, meaningful attention and time mm-hmm. you know, to yes. spend on these things. Um, so I think we're what roughly yeah, about an hour into this thing too, which means we're doing great. And it doesn't, it's going by super fast, which is how, you know, the conversation is great. And you're sharing a lot of really awesome things, Kevin, like great things, good tactical things that people can go and implement and, and take away. But now we get to the last chapter in the book and you talked about right in the very beginning. And that's, you know, I use air quotes, the real story where you tell your life journey with your real life company service champions. And, and, you know, and I've told you this time again, time again, before I even met you, how impressive, you know, I was and, and what I've heard about the business and, and how, you know, um, the reputation and the rep, you know, how reputable the company is and like all these great things. So that's what this real story is, is the things that I've heard or, or some people may have perceived or whatever, who don't even know you or, or who hear hearing your story for the first time now. Yes. Tell us about it, man. Tell yeah, us about so, that. So, uh, you know, and Chris, I want to, I'd love to just end with talking about the last two chapters and, and the last two chapters. Um, you're right. The very last chapter is, is the real story uh, where I, where I go in and I talk about, you know, how we really did implement these core values inside service champions and what that looked like and how we went from zero to to a hundred million and and how a, a part of that journey was you know finding a financial partner like Leonard Green to come alongside of us and and help us accelerate our growth and just the beauty that has been a part of all of that and and my relationship with Ken Haynes and finding the wrench group and uh just 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 beautiful but but there was so much prior to that with the team that grew us to the original 50 million. Uh, and, and, um, and, and that's really the, the, the story of, uh, I wanted to make sure that people knew that, yes, this is the make-believe story, the first nine chapters of the make-believe story of service champions, or first eight chapters um, with champion air conditioning, but there really is a company behind this make-believe company that did all these things that we're talking about. And 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 the other the other chapter that I that I love so much, Chris, is the one that talks about always making your future bigger than your past. And what that means is we're going to accomplish a lot in our lives, whether it's you know buying a new home, or you know selling your business, or you know adding a new installation crew to your team. The key thing is, though, is always having what's called a growth mindset, which is always make your future bigger than your past. So no matter what you accomplish, there's always something out there that you're striving for and that you're never really done. And that's what it takes to have a growth mindset. And I end a lot of my salutations with here's to a bigger future. And and rather than sincerely, I end it with here's to a bigger future. And that's because, Chris, I'm a believer that we're, we're just starting. 
yes, we've accomplished a bunch. I actually just said that in my sales meeting yesterday is guys, we have, we're, we're killing it, but right now we're, we're really just starting. There is so much more for us to accomplish. And it's critical as leaders of an organization to always have a growth mindset. And the, the slogan or the, the comment or the thing that I always tell myself is always make your future bigger than your past. And by the way, that goes for my wife and I, that goes for my kids. It's always, no matter what we accomplish, always make your future bigger than your past. Love it. I heard this. I heard, I've said this a couple of different times. I can never remember who the heck told me this. And so it bugs me, but it's something that stuck with me. And it was around, um, in regards to your future, um, is us as leaders have to have a vision of the business. And somebody had told me, make sure that your vision is big enough for your employee's vision to fit in it. Yes. So that is, um, that one was one that kind of rocked me because I'm like, I think it is. But if you don't really know, if you're not connected enough to your employees to understand the vision of themselves professionally, personally, those things, how could I possibly know if my vision is big enough for everyone to fit in it? And, And so immediately my brain goes into well, I need to figure out what everybody's, you know, vision is for themselves and like, and push themselves. And so professional and personal goals are something that, that I, I mean, I did a whole podcast on it. And then we also share that with our team. I did a Rhino University on those things. So um, it was Leland Smith told me that, was it? Yeah. No. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I don't know if that's it or not. He, he'll, uh, he'll, I, would, I would believe that Leland would. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He, that maybe. sounds like something, that sounds like something Leland would say. Okay. It could be. I'll have to text him and ask him. Um, but that was like something, you know, that I think about, you know, with your, with my future is that also is something, you know, that guides me. So mm-hmm. I love your mindset, Kevin. And, and obviously like you're going to hit nine figures, man. Like good grief. That is fantastic. I love the story, man. It gives me goosebumps to even like say it out, out loud. Um, just because, and I, I love being able to share these stories. Um, anybody who's gotten to know me knows like, you know, I, I'm one of those guys that's like, I feel like I get along with everybody. I want to see everybody win. It's not a facade. I genuinely just love to see people kind of win and how it impacts their lives and the things that they do. And and I get to share those stories, you know, and impact somebody who's on the other end of this microphone listening to it, um, to mm-hmm. your story. Like there'll be thousands of people that are impacted by, by your story, Kevin. And, and, and that's just those that are listening to it right now, not even the ones who've been impacted by it. So the future of this, to your point is there's a lot of impact that's going to come from this. And I commend you for taking the time to do it and write the book. Awesome. I want Thank to end, I want to end with this. Are you ready? Yes, I'm so ready. So I love asking this question. Um, and and it's something that um, I've thought more about recently, but I love hearing what everybody's answers are. What do you want Kevin Comerford's legacy to be? Mm. Mm. <clears throat> so <clears throat> I would say you know, more than anything, I, and I, and I, and I want to go back to the cornerstone of our business, which is being weather driven, um, which is focus, f- focus on the things that you can control rather than, than the things you don't have any control over. If I can, if my legacy is I can help my, whether it's my kids or my team members or fellow, fellow business owners, make sure they stay focused on the things that they can control, which is again, Focus, stay focused on your mindset and stay focused on the process that your company has and make sure that your team members are running that play, 
that to me is if that that to me again is the cornerstone of service champions which is we are weather driven and if i can if i can just help people just a little bit um you know what my job is done my job is done with that with that is the the backbone and the cornerstone of what i'm all about yeah, you haven't actually said this word out loud, but I'm going to say it for you because this is kind of my vision just from having, you know, spent some time talking to you and kind of reading through things. And, you know, even on this podcast is I'm going to throw out this servanthood mentality because you have that at your core. Um, I think it's just kind of who you are. Now you, you're you giving back in things that you've kind of learned really from what, say, 95, I think was the year you went out and you met and you went to the... Um, Walk through with Joe and the you know, yeah. and, and you kind of learned that then is all about serving people, and, yeah. and you're in that business of like you said, you know, people development. I mean, yeah. this is kind of so, who you are at your core, whether it be your family, yourself, your you know employees, like your customers, like all these things. And so yeah. that to me is quite a legacy. If you're going to leave one, that's one where I would be like, okay, I go to bed at night, I lay my head down, and I feel good about myself. Yes. How how you make your money is how as more important than how much money you make mm-hmm, um, in the business sense. So, and I can't remember who else was told me like doing good is good business. And, and, and I think about it from like, man, having integrity matters so much mm-hmm. um, because of it can eat you aside and eat you alive inside, man. If you, if you don't like that is going to catch up with you mentally at some point in time, but I commend you, man, on running such an amazing business. And you know what? I'm excited for you because your book comes out today. Like, yes, it's today. So we got to let our listeners know how to get their hands on it, man. Like where can they go to get it? What's like a good place for them to go? I mean, Amazon, like where they go to Amazon. Amazon is the easiest way to get it. Uh, Type in Kevin Comerford champion mindset, and you can, you can order the book that way. Um, I, I feel like Chris, you, you, you said it, uh, with regards to the legacy, um, helping people develop and becoming the best version of themselves to me is also part of my legacy that I want to leave is if I can just be a little part of their achievement and what they've accomplished in life, I've done my job. And whether that's, again, developing my kids or developing my fellow team members, helping a fellow business owner develop that's it. That's what I want. Well, Kevin, guess what? Tell me. You're doing it and you're going to continue to do it. And so you Thank are you. living that, you are living that out. So con- congratulations to you and, and listeners get the book. It's an easy read. It's inter- entertaining, entertaining and educational, like all the things that I have to have to make me stay into a book. And listen, I can't read big books. I mean, I probably could. I just don't want to. It's like really got to suck me into it. But you know, I'd love, these are good, easy reads to have great takeaways. And, and I don't know about you, Kevin, but when I read books, I actually have to highlight as I go, because if my brain starts to wander, you know, I have to go back and reread the chapters. It's been, it become a lot easier for me to just highlight the important things as I go so I can reference them. Yeah. But this is an easy book to read. So I, you know, so, so pick it up. And, and I know for you, this isn't about like, Hey, let me make a lot of money off this book. You've done that. Like, this is not about that. This is about you and your legacy of kind of giving back and, you know, to everybody. And, and so I commend you, man, you know, for finally writing a book that you actually released. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. And by the, by the way, um, the very, very last chapter, 
The very last chapter is the top three takeaways from each of the key chapters in the book. So if you want to just scroll, it's kind of like when I, what I, how I got through high school. I got through high school based on cliff notes. Same. And, and this, it was the cliff note version of champion mindset. That makes it a lot easier for some of us. <laughs> yes. If it wasn't for sports, I'm not sure I'd have made it into college. <laughs> um, quickly too, just kind of, if, if our listeners want to connect with you, Kevin, I know you, um, you know, you have your assistant as well too, but it, uh, is there a way that if they want to reach out, and I, I guarantee you somebody's going to do it. So make sure whatever information that you give, you're aware of that. But if somebody yeah. wants to connect with you and ask any questions or ask for any advice or anything like that, um, is there a, a best contact that you can give, you can share? Yeah. The, the, the best, best way is just to go directly to my email. It's Kevin C, K-E-V-I-N-C, as in Charlie, or Kev, Kev Comerford, uh, at servicechampions.net. Dot net. That's important. Dot net. Dot net. For those that didn't listen to the end of that, dot yes. net. Extremely important. Yes. <laughs> um, well, listen, thank you. Thanks for making the time for me. Um, thank you for taking the time to write the book. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, I'm excited to kind of, you know, one, we've we've begun a relationship, so I'm grateful for that. And, um, and I'm excited to kind of see, you know, what, where you go from a hundred, you know, from this yes. hundred million number and see what else that you do. So thanks for giving us your time, Kevin. I appreciate it. Yes, Chris. And, and I want to thank my assistant. I know Aaron Glass, who's here, who just is always by my side and she's a part of this podcast as well. And uh, just thank her for always being my work wife. Love it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Carolyn is my beautiful <laughs> home wife. Aaron is my work wife. <laughs> well, my home wife and my work wife is the exact same. My yes, wife is the yes. CEO of the company. Well, and thank you, Chris. It's It's been great getting to know you. And uh, I know our paths will cross again. And I look forward to that. Yeah, likewise, Kevin. And, and I appreciate you saying that. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and finish this, this podcast off with a review like I, like I always do. Um because that's part of what fulfills me, right? I do this to do that for the same reason you're writing a book and to give back to everybody in the trades that I can, you know, telling somebody else's stories who's had success. And this particular uh, review is from Electric Con, C-O-N-N. -N. That's the name. Gold Nuggets, five stars. That's a plus. I've been an electrical home service contractor for seven years and have learned so much along my journey. One of the best things that I have done recently is listen to To The Point. To be able to listen to the titans of our industry has been inspiring, educational, and a mine of gold nuggets. I'm able to take these nuggets and apply it to my business after every podcast. I have a lot of dreams, and one of them is to tell my story on To The Point, to inspire the same way I am in. That's pretty badass. So thank you, Electric Con, whoever that is. I'd love to tell your story, but I have no idea who you are. So maybe let me know who it is. But regardless, I appreciate the review. Thank you so much. I'll take that. I'll take mm. that. So whoever wrote that, Electricon, whoever you are, thank you so much. I appreciate those things. Um, I'll tell you what, the electrical business the last few years uh, residentially has been fantastic. So <laughs> I bet you had a good few years. Yes, it has. <laughs> it's been great for us as well. So I will wrap with this. And I'm actually going to mix a couple of things here, Kevin, because as I close the, the podcast, I kind of always end saying the same thing. I'm actually going to mix yours in as well. You said a few things, listeners, that I want you to take away from this entire podcast. If it is to be, it's up mm -hmm. to me. So I'm going to actually let you wrap my podcast 
with your saying, but not until I say, hey, listeners, no zero days. But Kevin closes out everything with what? If it's meant to be, it's up to me. And here's to a bigger future. There we go. Let's go. Listeners, we appreciate you guys so much. Kevin, I appreciate you so much. Until next time, we will see you. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review and be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.